Are you there, teacher friends? It's me, Margaret. <laughs> That's not what I planned on saying. Um, it's me. It's Monica. I just, that Judy Bloom book totally popped into my head when I hit record. So I just rolled with it and I'm not looking back because that, that felt right. Um, and you know what else feels right is on this podcast, Oftentimes what I like to do is take an episode and answer the specific questions that you have rolling around in your teacher life. And people email me those questions. They send me DMs on Facebook. They send them on Instagram. And what I do is I collect all those questions and about once per quarter, I say, let's tackle those on the podcast because the number one reason why the This Teacher Life podcast exists in the first place is my passion for helping fellow teachers. And I love problem solving with you guys. And I love hashing things out. And so that's what we're going to do right here today is if you feel like there's something that you're struggling with, whether it's boundaries or creating rapport or a negativity in your school or lesson planning or balance, those are all some of the hot topics that we are going to hit. And if you're heart like leapt a little bit when you heard one of those words Mm, teacher friends stick around because I think this is just going to be a really really meaningful episode now before we get into it I want to share a five-star review that was left on the Apple podcast app the listener of the week is Jenny Eastman and Jenny said I am so grateful for this podcast I listen to it every morning on my way to school and I learn something new every single time the passion the drive the love and the generosity that you have and pour into everything you do is unmatchable I cannot wait to continue to learn from you you are exactly the person and teacher that I strive to be every single day and Jenny that is making me like literally almost tear up over here I just, I I feel the love and I feel the passion in that written review. And I think the thing that sticks out the most to me is this, is you say, you are what I strive to be. And what I want every single one of you to hear and hear this in a really real way is I want all of us to be living our best teacher life. I want all of us to be the best possible educator that we can be as humans with our unique skills, interests, and strengths. And so if you are feeling like, girl, but I don't really know what to do next. I'm struggling. Then you are in the right place for this episode you had questions, I've got answers, and we're tackling them right here, right now, together. We're not alone in this, so let's do some learning together. There is awesome in every single school day. the big question how can teachers like us who love our job love our students and love being a part of education celebrate awesome even more in our classrooms and learning communities where can we find teaching tips and tricks where can we find engaging stories and motivational strategies that is the question and this weekly podcast is your answer 
So welcome to all my teacher friends. My name is Monica Genta, and I am so excited that you are here listening to this podcast, This Teacher Life. grabbed five big questions for this episode and these were the five that I got most consistently over the past month or so and one that god it we're just gonna we're just gonna roll it out because it's the number one question that got asked was about balance so if you are in your car if you are on a run wherever you're at raise your hand seriously physically raise your hand if you're like I need help with balance go ahead Mm-hmm. I put a hand up because I, I also need help with that because so many of us are in this situation where we are balancing online learners, we are balancing in-person learners, some of us are balancing that at the same time and it's just this massive opportunity for frustration because I don't know about you teacher friend but what I find myself doing is I'm not doing a good job of either. Like I am not giving my in-person learners the time and the attention that they deserve. I'm not giving my virtual learners the time and the attention that they deserve while they're in quarantine. Therefore, I basically suck as a teacher. Now, that is a false belief, but I mean, right? We feel that right now. And so what can we do? And... Most of my ideas, most of my strategies come from a place of this isn't working. And as many of you know, one of my favorite sayings is, okay, let's not just talk about it, let's be about it. So I can talk about how frustrated I am. We can talk about how frustrated we are or we can be about it and be like, okay, yes, I'm frustrated, but here's the solution. So actually right at the very beginning of January, I was having a frustrated moment thinking these kids who are are remoting in with me right now who are in quarantine are not hearing or understanding what I'm saying. I was giving directions for an activity that we were going to be doing and it was all over their little Google faces that they had no clue what was happening. And I remember turning to a girl and being like, oh dear Lord Jesus, give me strength. And she looked at me and she's like, Ms. Genta, you're doing a really good job. And I said, thank you. I needed that. I needed that from a 14-year-old girl at that moment. And she said, can I help you? And I looked at her and I handed her my Chromebook that my remote students were on. I said, yes, can you, I, can you get in that chat box and kind of paraphrase the directions that I so like just blessed the class with can you try to re-explain what I just explained and she said no problem so there she is on my Chromebook explaining what I had said giving them the rules giving them the directions for the project they were happy to see a classmate's face she was happy to help and I had this moment of like duh why am I not doing that why haven't I done that Like if we are truly trying to create classroom communities and get our students feeling like a classroom family, even though some are at home and some are in the classroom and some are able to come back now, but some are not coming back for a long time. Like if we're trying to create classroom camaraderie, then we have to create classroom connection. 
And you know who kids want to connect with more than us as teachers? Their peers. So I handed her this laptop and then another student said, well, I can help out too. There's two of them in there. Can we just be on a team together? Why don't the four of us just be on a team for this project? And I thought, that's beautiful. That's perfect. Because honestly, I hadn't really figured out how in the hell that was going to happen. And so there it was right there. Where's the balance? Listen to me. Here, Here is, God, I, I sound like that person here's the truth bomb here's the value nugget whatever you want to call it here is the takeaway do you know how to balance everything realize that you don't have to do everything oh my god pause it rewind it no I'll just say it again do you want to know how to balance everything realize that you don't have to do everything Our students can absolutely help us balance this crazy. They want to be helpful. They want to connect with their peers. They want to have some leadership opportunities. And I did that with eighth graders, but I think second graders could do that. Lord knows high school kids could do that. Like if we really want to show kids that education is possible, even these really hard times, We have to share the leadership with the kids. And that's the first, that's the first idea here. That was the question. How do we balance it all? The online and the in-person. Why don't we show students that we believe in them to answer the things in the chat box? Maybe you're all virtual right now and you're like, so that doesn't apply to me. I can't hand my laptop to another student. Well, yeah, you can sort of. As you are connecting on camera with kids and your chat box be blowing up and you feel like you're stuck in this pinball machine between I got to focus on the camera. No, I got to focus on the chat box. I got to focus on the camera. No, I got to focus on the chat box. Then you see all these little virtual hands going up. Do you know who can help with that? Students in your virtual classroom. They can help in that process. So to, to button that one up, how do we balance it all? We understand that not all of this has to be on our shoulders. We can find ways to get kids displaying leadership to show that like you can positively impact your whole class even in this chaos. And if you're like, no, that would never work. Well, yes, yes, it would. Okay, because that brings me to my second question. And that is negativity in schools right now. A question that came up a lot was like, how do we combat all of the negative? All of the teachers being like, this is impossible. This is crazy. The parents who are like, you're not doing enough. You're not helping enough. Like, it's enough. Whoa. That's that's what I'm saying. I'm saying enough. If people are saying you're not doing enough, you're not saying enough, you're not connecting enough, you're not, you're not helping enough. You know what we need to say? Enough. Enough. I'm not trying to get out my like parent voice here, but like enough. Sometimes we just have to say, yes, we are. Yes, we are. We are doing enough. And I'm sorry that it doesn't feel like that right now, but trust me because I'm a professional. Trust that I am helping your student enough. I know that it's hard right now. I know that as a parent you are frustrated right now, but trust me. No principal. I don't need another thing. I don't need to send you a four-page lesson plan every single day. Enough. 
trust me. Now, I understand that you're like, that is not a strategy. That is you being stubborn. No, I think there's, I think there's a difference. I think that sometimes school-wide negativity becomes this chronic disease of everyone wants to complain. Everyone wants to say what's not working enough. There are things that are working. So let's focus on those. Yes, there are battles that we are fighting and there are hills that we are climbing. But let us not bring that negativity even further. Know when to walk away from a situation. I'm not even freaking kidding you. I walked away from a situation today in between class periods. A teacher caught me and said, Monica, do you know what I'm frustrated about right now? And I listened because that's appropriate. I said, what is that? What, what are you frustrated about? And he said, I wish there was just a dot, dot, dot. And you can fill it in with whatever's going on at your school. I wish there was a way. I wish there was a policy. I wish there was a protocol. And he explained. And I listened. And you know what I said? I said, I hear you. I, I totally, I totally hear what you're saying. You know what I didn't do? You're right. Let me tell you about what I'm frustrated right now. Let me tell you about what I think's not working. Let That's that, that wasn't what we needed to do I needed to say I hear you and then I needed to go teach my class I wasn't blowing the teacher off but I think we have to understand that negativity breeds negativity what yes okay negativity breeds negativity and maybe I should have warned you to prepare your hearts for that harsh reality of of question number two I'm sorry rewind prepare your heart That's hard to hear. But I think at the same time, if we want to focus on what's happening in our classroom in the best way possible and to truly make an impact on our students in the best way possible, one of the things that we have to do is hear the negativity and either solve it or move forward. But we can't continue to let that fester. So if you've got colleagues who are driving you crazy with negativity or parents who are driving you crazy with negativity, hear them and move forward. But don't add to it. Oh, that is one. That is hard. And I get that it's hard. But I really think that it is a game changer for us, especially right now. Now, that felt a little negative. Uh, And so you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to say enough on that one. (laughs) I'm using my own advice, okay? Enough on that one. Let's move forward and let's problem solve that. I'm literally, I'm so excited. I'm, I'm knocking over my clipboard and my Sharpies. But what do we do to combat that? Let's not just talk about it. Let's be about it. And that brings us to our third question. And it was, Monica, how do we build rapport and community right now? Like, what do we actually do to say, okay, there's the negative stuff. How can we build some positivity? And I love this question. And I intentionally am putting it as number three to combat that negativity. So what do we do? I got some ideas right here. You know what you go and do? You go and you buy some old man candy. Or you go out and you buy a shit ton of star crunches. You go and you hit up the Sonic Happy Hour and you get some of those strawberry slushes for your whole team. 
whatever it is, it doesn't have to necessarily cost money, right? It can be something as simple as writing a post-it note and putting it in a mailbox. But do you know how we combat the negativity? Do you know how we build rapport and community? By doing small but significant things that make a difference in our teacher life. That's what we do. And that's something that I'm trying to do in my own school. I know in another episode, you guys heard about Little Debbie December, where we literally went out and bought a ton of Little Debbie cakes and delivered the favorite one to each and every teacher in the entire building. Students helped out with that. If you want to know more about that, you can actually go back to a previous episode and check that out. But that made a huge difference. Another thing is just like, I don't know, blow up some balloons. This would be so funny if you know that somebody in your hallway, somebody in your school, somebody on your team is having a rough time. Get some teachers together, blow up some balloons. I'm talking like get like 20, 30 balloons and blow those up and put them in the classroom. And then that teacher walks in the next day and they got balloons everywhere. Who doesn't love a balloon? I love balloons. Balloons put people in good moods. And that's just going to be that thing when they unlock their door and they walk in to turn on their computer. They're going to see all those balloons and it feels like a party. I think sometimes we need to have more parties in schools. We need to throw positivity parties. That's not me being toxically positive or overly optimistic. That's just me saying like, let's just put some smile on teachers' faces let's warm each other's hearts with some things that just are worth celebrating. And I think when things feel so big, when problems feel so big, it doesn't feel like small things make as big of an impact. But I would argue that it's an even bigger impact. And so whether it's balloons or or some like double-decker oatmeal cream pies, oh, Love an oatmeal cream pie double-decker. The king-size one that you only get at the Casey's General Store or at the Huck's at their Circle K. It is a weakness. They contain about 9,842 calories, but sometimes it's worth it. And sometimes putting in a little extra money or a little bit of extra helium or a little bit of extra care will turn that negativity into a massive community-building rapport for your own teachers, for your own school. I just got this idea right now. Just as something kind of little fun thing to do in the middle of the episode. If you are listening right now or if you're driving when you get to your destination, hit pause or take mental note. Shoot me a DM. Shoot me a direct message on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you're hanging out, shoot me a message and let me know what your favorite little Debbie is. Um, I would love to know that and we can kind of chat about like, are you like, you like the ding dongs, like star crunch? What are you? And you're like, Monica, those aren't little Debbie. Those are hostess, whatever. Okay. A snack cake. Shoot me your favorite snack cake. Um, and I am also curious if you notice something slightly different about this episode. I am doing an experiment in this episode. There's something new and different about it, and I'm not sure if if you can hear or feel or experience the difference. So if you do, this will be kind of fun. This is like a scavenger hunt. Um, tell me what it is. 
or listen in the rest of the episode and see if you can detect it. I am kind of curious, okay? That has nothing to do with this episode right now, but I just wanted to come in real quick and drop a little something right here. I also, the backing tracks are so hot right now. I love these backing tracks that I'm using for this season. So that's all. Let's just, let's just get back into the episode now. We still have two questions that I want to tackle in this particular episode. And one of them was about lesson planning. And this is something that I think we've all felt like a really significant change in how we lesson plan right now. For me personally, um, as I was thinking about answering this question, I reflected on how I used to lesson plan. And for me, I was a month long planner. Like I knew exactly what one month of content, one month of curriculum looked like. And I was able to do a pretty good job of timing that, not rushing, not not going too slow. But, you know, after so many years of teaching, you kind of have an understanding of here's what I can get through in this amount of time. So I was able to plan for a month at a time. And you're probably like, yeah, me, me too, girl. Well, that has gone completely out the window. And I want to be super authentic with you. I do not do month-long planning anymore. It just, I think we've all experienced like that's not working. And if you are, oh no, I'm still trying to do that. What if we took a step back and said, I'm going to plan five days at a time. And I know our teacher brains um, don't love that as much, but I am currently on a five day at a time plan. And sometimes that's going out the window super fast. So let me be clear, even five days is sometimes a little bit too ambitious. But my one week plans are going so much better than my one month plans that I was attempting to do at the beginning of the school year. Also understanding that the pacing that maybe you were used to in the past Stop comparing that. The comparison pandemic that we are feeling right now is really hard. And especially, I think, the longer you've taught, you're like, well, that that unit or, or that, that um, set of text used to take me two weeks and it just took me six weeks, okay? I get that that's frustrating, but I want us to give ourselves permission to not chunk as much as what we used to and to not attempt as much as what we used to so I went from one month of planning to one week and it's just it's causing things to just run so much more smoothly my mindset and my own work ethic is better about it and I am also finding that it's giving me just a glimpse of of how kids are processing information better to be honest I might stick to the one week at a time planning because there, and we've all experienced this, there's nothing more frustrating than saying like, I'm going to get through all of this and then throwing our hands up in the air being like, oh my gosh, I'm so far behind. And like, we get frustrated with the kids and we get frustrated with ourselves. So how do you lesson plan? You lesson plan in smaller chunks And I think grace is almost this cliche word, but just give yourself a little bit of flexibility, right? It is okay if you are not getting through as much as what you used to. Just hear that. It's okay. It really, really is okay. 
And that brings us to our final question for this particular episode. And it's about setting boundaries. And I was really excited to see this come through so many times. I actually just led an entire workshop, like a teacher PD workshop about boundaries. Because I think if we want to get things done and get things done well, and at the end of it, still feel like a human, still feel like a great teacher, still feel like a great spouse or a great parent. Like if we want to feel good at the end of the week or at the end of this stinking school year, we are going to have to get better about setting boundaries. And for me, um, somebody said, Monica, is it true that you work 12 hours a day? And the reality is it is true. That is true. My Monday through Thursday is 12 hours a day. Because a boundary that I have set for myself is that on Friday when I get home from school, I do not work on school. On Saturday, I do not work on school. On Sunday until like 2 or 3 o'clock, I do not work on school. That is the boundary that I have set. So I know that I am putting in 12-hour days on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Now that 12-hour day includes teaching and then also like producing podcasts, doing keynotes and speaking events, creating courses. So my 12-hour day is both the teaching students and then also supporting teachers. But I also know that my boundary looks really intense on the weekends. That's the boundary that I have had to set for myself because otherwise I could turn into an absolute workaholic. I know myself well enough to know that. So I wanted to give you an example of those boundaries. That's what works for me. For you, maybe it's a five o'clock boundary. Like every day by five, you're like, nah, I'm done. And if you're like, okay, yeah, it's one thing to say it, but like, do you actually do it? Yeah, so let me give you a strategy for that. Again, don't just talk about it. Don't just talk about boundaries. Be about boundaries. So how do I be about boundaries? Monday through Thursday, I create hour by hours. What does that mean? I have a massive whiteboard that takes up my entire dining room table. I don't dine at my dining room table. My dining room table has a gigantic clear like blank whiteboard and every single day I do a 5 a.m 6 a.m 7 a.m 8 a.m all the way until 9 p.m I literally plan out hour by hour exactly what my day is going to look like from get up go for a run to do your morning reflection to do your commute to teach all five of your classes to call parents to do Google Classroom, like all of these things, I write it out hour by hour. I made reference to it earlier. Sometimes as teachers, we feel like we're in a pinball machine. The number one way to not feel like you're bouncing from email to calling parents to grading assignments to talking to students to needing to eat a turkey sandwich to, oh my gosh, I got to create a lesson to, I have to send those lessons to my principal to like, holy crap, I forgot to actually hit send on that email. Holy crap, I realized that I only graded one of my classes in Google Classroom. Like, right, the reason why we feel like we're bouncing all over the place, feeling like we're not doing anything well, is because we're not focused well. And if we want to create really clear, consistent boundaries, we have to have really clear and consistent focus. So 
how do I set the boundary? I say, here's when I'm going to work. And not just here's when, here's exactly what I'm going to work on. And I do that every single night before I go to bed. I write the hour by hour on the whiteboard for the next day. Now, of course, things pop up unexpectedly. Like, oh, crap. What? What do you mean we're having an emergency faculty meeting? That's not what I had planned for 4 p.m. Stuff like that's always going to pop up. But at least if we have all of the things that we do have control over planned for, when things that happen that are out of our control, our day doesn't turn out of control. What? You might have missed that. Because I almost missed it even when I said it. So I'm going to say that again. If we have something that happens that's out of our control, when we have everything else under control, it doesn't cause the entire day to fall apart. So if you want to set some boundaries, what does that look like? And don't just say, I'm going to do a better job. No, 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 no. Like, what are your boundaries? And then when are you going to tackle those? Like, what specifically does it look like? Maybe I'll share an hour by hour um, a sample of that on my Instagram or on my Facebook soon. But it's it's truly one been one of my number one productivity hacks when people are like, Monica, how do you do all of the things? I say, I don't do all of the things. I do all of the things only on Monday through Thursday. And then I kind of rest. I still am on Instagram and still having fun and, and doing things that I enjoy, but tasks that are annoying to me or tasks that don't cause me to truly chill out, I kick those to the wayside for the weekends. And that has caused a lot of peace for me professionally and also personally. So there we have it, my friends. There were the five things uh, that that were the most asked questions in the past few months. And I, I hope that at least one, if not all five of them resonated with you. And so to end out the, to end the episode, what I want to do is now that you've heard it, right? You've heard it. What are you going to do with it? Right? I don't want you and me to just be talking about it right now. Like I want us to be about it. So why don't you pick one of those? One thing that you heard in this episode and be about that this week. And then after you've tackled that one, pick another one. That's called habit stacking. Oh, shoot. I need to do a whole episode on habit stacking. That There's some power in that shit. Um, but nonetheless, pick one. If you want me to be your accountability partner in that, shoot me a message on that. Say, here's what I picked. Here's what I'm going to do this week. And I'm going to be like cheering you on teacher friend because I am I am cheering you on even though these podcasts are like one-way dialogue I love when you guys shoot me a message or write a review or share this screenshot of the podcast on your phone on social media I love that because that helps me to realize this is a two-way conversation this isn't me talking into a microphone in my home office by myself this is us doing this teacher life together and I love doing that with you so thank you for listening I'll see you next week